Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. And for once, I can say I'm in Maine and it's not snowing. I've got coffee. I've got Coach Sanborn on the line. We're going to talk. We're going to brew up some awesome baseball, percolate baseball, as we say. It's sunny out. It's gorgeous. And Coach Sanborn, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. It's awesome to have you here. And we were talking before the show. I'm I'm glad you guys won this past weekend. <laughs> it <laughs> might not have been as fun of a phone call, but you wouldn't. You said you wouldn't have taken it out on the show. Anyway. I certainly would not have taken it out on you. <laughs> so, but I am in a better mood when I win. My wife would uh, exactly. Tell I think you everybody that for sure. is. So, um, all right. So that, we have Coach Sanborn on the phone with us. He's the head baseball coach for St. Joseph's College here in Maine, and. Um, Gosh, Coach Samar, I couldn't even fit your whole bio in the show description. I had to kind of hack at it a little bit, but this is—is is this your? Is it, do I have this right? Is this your twenty-fifth season or twenty-twenty-six? Twenty-six, I think. Twenty-six season. I've got to correct that on here. But this is this is a, a like a legendary program you've got at um, St. Joe's. I, I call it St. Joe's. Is that correct? I always call it St. Joe's. Everybody yes. call it St. Joseph's or St. Joe's? St. Joseph's, I prefer. Okay, St. Joseph's College in Maine. All right, good. And um, it's just one of the best D3 baseball programs in the country. And I, I was just – and you got elected to the Maine Baseball Hall of Fame in 2013 and all these things. How much fun are you having oh, it's doing great. all this? It's, uh, it's really an amazing experience. And my family's really involved in it. That means a lot, too. It's uh, It's been a terrific ride. It it, it beats uh, working for a living, that's for sure. So. <laughs> Was it, was there a mo- like? Have you always played baseball? Like, what was little kid you like? Like at age three, were you you know, batting baseballs around, or what, how how'd that go? Like, what were you as a little kid? Yeah, it was a, it's a big part of my life growing up. Uh, baseball was a big thing in our home. I I have a younger brother, a couple years younger. Uh, my dad was a was a great baseball player at uh, Little Standish High School uh, here right down the road. Played for a legendary high high school coach called Roop Johnson. Um, and uh, Roop had some amazing teams, and his, he had his own bat shop in town. Kind of a legendary guy. He was uh, he was the principal of the of Standish High School and coached the baseball and basketball teams. Um, I grew up on those those kinds of stories about about Roop and his coaching and about baseball. Um, and so it's uh, you know it's been a big part of my life since uh, since forever. Since forever, yeah, I love that. Now. One of the things that seems like it's shifting um, is that when people hear Maine, they think baseball now, and I think you've been a really big part of that. Do you want to talk about that? Because I'm not sure people go, yeah, Maine, baseball. I think they go, yeah, lobster <laughs> or something like that. But more and more and more people are like, yeah, Maine, baseball. We've got some great baseball here. Yeah, Maine has a great baseball tradition, and, and I think it has for a long time. Maybe it's just uh, out there a little more now with with uh, – you know, social media and, and awareness and the, and the way all that goes. But Maine's had a long baseball tradition. Uh, great players, great coaches, 
uh, been a big part of uh, of the main scene for a long time. So. Yeah. In um, so now in 2014, you became the 44th coach in the history of NCAA D3 baseball to reach the 600 victory plateau. Talk about that a little bit, and where and where we are, you know, now, and what what's what what does a stat like that mean to you and to everyone? Well, um, and actually, I just hit 700 a couple of weeks ago here at St. Uh-huh. Joseph, so it's it's a it's a nice thing, it's a nice milestone. Uh, but I don't really look at it as a personal thing. I mean, if you think about it, coaches get all kinds of credit for stuff that they probably don't do. I mean, it's players that win games. It's nice to think of, okay, the guys that have uh, played for me and, and come through the program have, uh, you know, have had a good tradition of success and generated 700 plus wins now. But it's, uh, you know, it's a lot more about the players. Those are the guys that win the ball games. Uh, sometimes, as the as the coach or particularly as the manager during the game, you're just trying not to lose the game. You know, you you want to <laughs> you want to have a positive impact on the game, but also you know let your players do their thing. So uh, it's just a lot of a lot of good players have had a lot of great support here, tremendous assistant coaches and support from the entire institution. Um, so it's you know it's been a it's been a great ride. But you know every day when you when you take the field, there's somebody over there in the other dugout that's trying to that's trying to beat your butt. So you you better be ready. <laughs> you can't be thinking exactly. about what's happened in the past. So yeah. Um, can you talk about your son? You, know, you said assistant coach, and and one of them is is. Um, a son, a son, um, who happens to be just one of the nicest people I've I've ever met. What a kind human being! Can you talk about Thank him you. a little bit and his role? Well, he's a lot like his mother, if you say that. So uh, <laughs> he's a, he's a great kid. He's uh, Lincoln is yeah. my son. He he uh, just took a full time job here at St. Joseph's. Uh, he's our JV baseball coach, um, and he also does a lot of booking for our athletic fields and our athletic facilities. We have a new. Uh, turf soccer and and uh, lacrosse and field hockey field on campus. So, so he kind of in charge of built, uh, booking that and renting it out. Um, but it's been great to you know be involved with him all the way up through and coaching and coaching summer ball and and then uh, you know he ended up uh, coming to school here and playing for us and and now as a coach. So it's that's uh, tremendous. Each day we spend a lot of time around each other. We're we're uh, pretty darn close friends and uh, yeah. uh, it's just been a, a terrific experience to be involved with your family my wife works here uh, as well on campus um, so the only one that's not uh, actively here is, is my daughter um, she's out in Las Vegas she's a she's a ballerina uh, she, she works for uh, Nevada Ballet Theater um, she's a professional ballet dancer so she's the one that's that's not uh, right here, tied to St. Joseph's, but it's really been a family uh, family event all the way along, um, and it's been great. I, you know, you see a lot of coaches over the years who sometimes uh, coaching impacts their families negatively, and for me, that's that's only been a positive. Uh, my family's been so involved with it; it's been it's been great. Yeah, the. the um well, we'll have to have your daughter on too on the best ever you. <laughs> you could have Valerie on that too. We'll keep it in the family, right? <laughs> um, the so one of the things that uh, yeah, I can hardly get words out for it is the facility there. I think that is probably one of the most beautiful facilities. I don't know if that's correct baseball term or not, but in my head, that's what I say. Oh, it is. I, I it is just gorgeous, and 
like a, a gem, and I'm I'm just wondering if you could talk about um, that. How's that for yeah, a question? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Sure. It was no, I, I'd, I'd be happy to. Um, yeah. And the, the the baseball field always looks a lot better than my lawn does at home, so uh, I can tell you that for sure. Um, we we take a lot of pride in our field, and I think it comes from the fact that when uh, when I played here at St. Joseph's. Um, Years ago, I graduated in 1986. Uh, the first few years, uh, we didn't have a field. We we drove off campus to play, uh, and it was only my senior year. Uh, that was the first year that we played on on campus. Uh, and at that point, the field was nothing but uh, you know a great big, huge field with you know no dugouts, no lights, no scoreboard, no nothing. Um, and over the years, we've done a lot of fundraising. The school's been real supportive. We've added a little bit to it every year. And all the while, we've tried to really focus on, you know, maintaining what we have and keeping it up and respecting it and treating it right. And then each year, trying to add something new to it of significance. Um, and now we have a great facility, but we're also looking to do more with it. Um, and... Uh, I'm thinking here in the next year or so, um, you know, all I could say at this point is we're hoping to take that facility to the next level, which is very exciting for me. Yeah. I- indoor, dome. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, it all depends on what we can <laughs> we're raise. We're needing but, it. Uh, season. <laughs> um, well, and one of the other things that impressed me a lot, too, is that you, it's not just your baseball field. It's you open your field up for for the kids locally to play. Well, we try to. We've we've got a good tradition cool. of hosting the the main um, high school baseball and softball tournaments here, the main principal association tournaments, and uh, those have been really great for us over the years. It attracts a ton of people to campus. It's probably the uh, the second largest event outside of commencement that we run here on campus. Um, great vi- visibility for our institution. And yeah. uh, you know helps us bring a lot of uh, prospects and their families onto campus. So that's that's been a good tradition. And we have you know summer teams that play here, and we we try to juggle it all with not overusing the thing. We want it to be in good good shape when our players use it. Um, but uh, I think I think baseball people really appreciate great baseball fields. I think it's just something a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, you know, basketball courts. I guess I don't know. Maybe they're all the same. I don't know. But to me. Baseball fields only all have their own personality, and um, over the years as a baseball player, you 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 play on a lot of not so nice fields. It's special to play on a nice one. Yeah, yeah, I think you know it when you step onto to one. It's it's pretty special when when it's a great baseball field. And you, it's in your memory, kind of, isn't it? It's like yeah, I remember playing on that field or whatever. I want to go play on that field. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, or or sit there as a parent, you know what I mean, and be like, oh, right. this is cool. You know, yeah. It's pretty neat. Um, so, okay, let me let me shift gears a little bit and talk about student athlete. And this is one of the things when we have coaches on, um, if we if we're so blessed to to have you here, and um, we're wondering if we can pick your brain a little bit on some questions about like goals and student athletes, you know, and all the things that may that are beyond baseball might be in, intertwined with baseball or whatever, but. Can you talk about like what a student athlete means to you? Absolutely. For us at the at the Division three level, it's it's really neat because 
what we're asking our guys to do is make a huge commitment to their baseball, year-round commitment, summer ball, fall baseball with us, strength training all year round, um, you know, a tremendous commitment to try to help them develop as players, but their academics needs to be a priority that's even, you know, over and above that. Um, and they need to juggle all of that and, and um, you know, make it all work and walk out of here with their degree in, in four years and have a, you know, a good solid resume that they can, you know, build a career and build a life on. So, you know, that's really what we're all about here. Uh, I think one of the things you have to always keep in mind as a coach and as a program is, you know, why you do what you do. And it's it's not really, you know, winning and losing baseball games. It's not really winning championships, as, as odd as that might sound. It's, it's about, for us, it's about really creating a future for our guys where they, they, they have a great education and they learn as much uh, about themselves and about how to work together with other people and be good teammates and be productive and be hardworking and commit themselves to something bigger than themselves uh, individually, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's really what it's about is their development. Uh, and if we win some baseball games along the way, then that's a good byproduct of it. Um, you really, you really touch lives, and it's at it's at a critical point, and it's at a young age. I mean, are, most of the kids are probably what, like eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah, right? they're all in that uh, you know seventeen or eighteen to twenty-two range, and it's it's you know such an important time. They're getting out on their own. They're you know getting out away from their parents and their families a little bit, um, and they're you know they're kind of setting the course for the rest of their lives. And we try to just make sure that. For them, that the the character piece, you know, who they are, is the most important part yeah. of of what they're doing, and then their academics is, you know, not for, very far behind that. And then we try to keep baseball as kind of a third priority. Um, and I think when we do that, we have really good baseball teams because we have guys that are, that are really focused and and well balanced. Yeah. Now, in 26 years of doing this, um, you must have accumulated a massive amount of wedding invitations, baby announcements. <laughs> it's got to be incredible. Yeah, those are really fun. Um, those are really fun when they happen. And, and then, you know, just guys that, you know, follow the team and played here and they, they shoot you text when you get a big win or a big milestone or going into a conference tournament or whatever it is. It's It's really nice that they – they move on, they graduate, they build the rest of their lives, but they always feel connected to this. And and a lot of them have a real kind of an itch in the spring. When, you know, they're, they're missing baseball season when they're out um, at their job somewhere. They're kind of wishing they were they were back here in the heyday. So uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun that way, for sure. Do you ever have everybody back or as many people as can come back put the uniform back on and divide them up and and play or anything like that is there like an alumni game or anything there is every fall and it's one of the it's one of the highlights of the year for me to have all those guys come back and you know take batting practice on the field and have a game and and reminisce in the dugouts it's a lot of fun <laughs> sounds actually like a lot of fun now um can we talk about goals a little bit like as a you know when when you're operating as a head baseball coach 
that's a, it's a really high level of helping people be their best. I mean, you're you're lead, leading them. You're you know you're doing all sorts of things. Do you have a, a personal way that you could share with us about how you set goals or anything like that? It's a kind of a question I ask on here because I love goal setting personally. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know, a couple different things about that. One of the things that we really focused on a lot this year with our team is just having our guys buy into the idea that this is this is all part of their growth and their development and having it, you know, really embracing a growth mindset in everything we do from practice to games. Um, I just think that's a real healthy way to approach things. Uh, sometimes we make individual games or, <clears throat> or innings, <clears throat> excuse me, or at-bats or, or – or, or whatever, we, we make those things uh, more important than they really are in, in the grand scheme of things. You know, we, we tend to put more weight on things that are happening right now than looking at them as part of one's long-term growth. <clears throat> so when you can actually kind of embrace all of the failure that baseball creates for you, I think it just creates a, a more healthy atmosphere. <clears throat> and then we go through, you know, typical things that teams do where we have – guys writing, you know, individual goals and short-term goals and and long-term ones. Um and then um uh, and then writing, you know, kind of team goals and uh for what we're trying to do. Um so I don't think there's anything, you know, out of the ordinary that we do with that other than really try to focus on the short-term and the here and now. Yeah. What do you what do you do if somebody comes to you with like a really lofty goal? Like, you know, <clears throat> You know, how, how do you do you do you let them be lofty? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I think <laughs> it, fun? occasionally during, you know, the recruiting process, sometimes that happens where, you know, you'll ask a young man what his goals are. That that's a uh, a regular part of our official visit when we do that with recruits. Yeah. You know, we want to know what makes them tick and what their goals are, and. You know, you'll occasionally get guys who will say, you know, I want to play professional baseball. I want to play in the big leagues, whatever it might be. Um, now, I may look at that player and say, you know, in the back of my mind, that okay, the, the odds of that are pretty slim. But if if a young man has a goal like that that is really lofty, then if, if he shoots for it, even if he doesn't reach it, he's going to reach his individual personal potential. Um so I think you always want to have some realism, but it's good to have high goals and high expectations. The yeah. part that I think, you know, sometimes players uh, can forget or overlook, and this is where coaching comes in, is, hey, if you want to reach that lofty goal at the end, you better put in the day-to-day effort that it takes to get there. You better have a good, solid plan and execute it every day. And don't just have a, you know, have a dream that's out there, but have a goal and then have a process that you're using to work towards that. Um, so that's yeah. what we try to get them to do. Yeah. Um, can you talk about your your decision, when, when that was, when you're like, you know, I think I'm going to coach? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think I always knew I wanted to coach uh, just because I grew up in a house where um, – Probably the most uh, revered guy that was ever talked about was this this Rupert Johnson of Standish High School, and 
you know, I, I grew up, um, you know, I mean, he was looked at in my house as like a doctor or a lawyer or a president, yeah. or, you know. A president, I mean, yeah, I, guess I know that feeling. Like, you know, that's so. That's baseball coaches. <laughs> I think, you know, if, if I was doing a psychoanalysis of myself, I think that's probably where it came from. Um, yeah. Was just that that was <clears throat> the way he was revered by my father, um, I think really um, got me thinking about, okay, this is something I want to do with my life. Now, you know, when when you're a young kid, you want to be, you want to be John Havlicek or you want to be Wade Boggs, or, you know, you want to play in the big <laughs> leagues or whatever it is. Sure. Um, but then as as you go along, you may tend to realize that, I think I did, that, that you know, my biggest contribution to the game could be as a coach. I think I'm a hell of a lot better coach than I ever was a player. I think that's probably true of, of, uh, of a lot of good coaches. Um, and then I think a lot of it is just things that happen in life. I mean, we were, uh, I, my goal was to be a high school coach. And I was coaching, you know, junior varsity baseball at, at Bonnie Eagle High School after I graduated from St. Joseph's. I was teaching history over there. I loved every minute of it, loved teaching. And then Rick Simons, who was the athletic director here at St. Joseph's and our, and our men's basketball coach at the time, called me and said, hey, we want you to be our assistant baseball coach at St. Joseph's. I said, nah, uh, I really want to be a high school coach. That's what I want to do. Uh, you know, how can I coach at the college level and teach and, and still be teaching at high school? And I said no and hung up the phone, and then he called me back. He wouldn't give up. He said, hey, I think if you take this, you know, you got you got a future in college coaching. It would be a really good move for you. So, so he kind of twisted my arm, and I became the assistant. <laughs> And two years later, the head job was open, uh, and I was fortunate enough to get that at, you know, at 28 years old. So, um, wow. some of it's just the way things happen in life, you know. And well, what I love about that story too is, and I'm I'm hoping you can talk about this too, is mentoring and people who might see something in you that you don't quite see in yourself at the moment or the time, and and so forth. And I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit to maybe the the youth or, well, anybody really, because I even love that as a 48-year-old adult, <laughs> you know, and somebody says, you know, right. you could be doing this or whatever. You know, I, I think those people that touch your life and send you in a different direction or, or you know, give you a new skill set or whatever it is, they're so cool. Yeah. And, you know, I think self-doubt is probably a, a natural part of the human condition, right, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we all have that. And sometimes uh, we don't maybe have the, the lofty goals that we, that we should. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's just little things that, that people do or say to you that get you to take that risk mm-hmm. and go outside of your comfort level and, uh, and, and, you know, take a shot at doing stuff. Sometimes when it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, when I started coaching here, it was, you know, it was part time. I was still teaching at at the high school as a, as a, you know, an assistant. And then when the head job opened up and I got it, it paid, you know, paid five grand. Uh, fall and spring baseball, recruiting the whole works. Um, you know, I was a head college baseball coach, but I was also, you know, 
teaching yep. teaching high school full time to make it all work. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know, my, my wife's been a tremendous influence on me. Her her encouragement all the way through the process uh, has been huge. Um, What's I her name? That, that Lynn. Lynn. Hi, uh, Lynn. Lynn. Lynn Brown. Um, you know, the first year I was the first year I was here as a head coach, I I almost didn't get through the year. We were eleven and twenty one. Um, we just weren't very good. Um, and it was a tough, tough year. Um, but, you know, she encouraged me all the way along as did, you know, all the people here at St. Joseph's and, um, you know, just through grinding it out, a lot of hard work over the years, I guess, I guess we've made something here. So <laughs> yeah, you sure have. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. Um, can you talk about the difference between, um, like, what, do you ever come across anybody who's like, coachable versus uncoachable mm. do, you, do you know what i mean by that i i'm a really big fan of like i, I have four boys and um they're 16 18 20 and 22 and whether you play a sport or not i've always kind of encouraged them to be open to learning like lifelong learning lifelong learning lifelong learning can you right. can you talk about that a little bit yeah um and i gotta tell you it's one of the things that we try to really look for in the recruiting process is guys that are coachable. So I have a great group of those guys now. Uh, I'd say the vast, vast majority of our players at this point are very, very coachable guys. Um, and, you know, I think being coachable is kind of a little bit like having character. Right? Having character is what, what you do when nobody's looking. Yeah. Um, being coachable is – you know, are you a guy who will, will take direction from a, a coach, from a leader, from somebody else that hopefully you have respect for? And then will you take that and really try to implement it to improve yourself? Or, you know, when the coach turns his back, do you try to, you know, do you go back to your old way? Do you go to what's more comfortable? Do you say, well, I'm good enough the way I am? Um, and we're just really fortunate here to have guys that, that accept that and have that kind of a growth mindset that, Hey, it's all about getting better every day. Um, you know, we're not, we're not running a boys school here. We're not just holding them for a certain amount of time. We're trying to help them develop on and off the field. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, guys really uh, buy into that. Uh, now there are different approaches with different players. Um, so sometimes it's finding that being able to unlock that key to what, what can bring out the best in that young man? Is it a pat on the butt? It is a is it an arm around their shoulder? Is it a kick in the butt? Is it you know exactly <laughs> what is it? I was waiting for you to say that a kick in the butt. <laughs> you know, uh, we don't use that one too often nowadays, but um, but you know, it's it's finding what motivates people. It's really handling you know working with people and and. Um, handling people that's what the whole thing is my son said that to me a, a number of times this year that you know it's 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 just about you know managing people and trying to get the best out of them so. yeah um there okay so uh, again you know i'm i'm not from here and i keep learning new and new things every day i'm a, I'm a lifelong learner of maine i think <laughs> And sure. I I keep learning all of these different things as I as I read and, and do all this you're, stuff. You're, but you're from away. 
I am from away, I guess, and no matter what I do, <laughs> nothing's going to change that. And that's okay. I'm good with that, everybody. <laughs> it's good. But um, there's someone that um, a lot of people talk about from your team, and I'm, I hope I say his name right and everything, but there's a, there's a baseball player by the name of Charlie Furbush, and people, people always talk about him, and, and that he, he's just in connection with you and your team and everything, and I was wondering if you might take a minute or two and chat about him because sure. I got – when I said you were coming on the show, everybody's like, ask him about it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Charlie's probably my one of the biggest steals of my coaching career. Um, South Portland high kid who, uh, you know, coming up through high school was a, was a big, tall, lanky, left-handed pitcher um, who fortunately for me, had kind of a down sophomore junior year where he was going through some some physical things and really didn't come into his own as a high school pitcher even um, until junior and really even into his senior year. So uh, it's interesting because I think in in today's recruiting and as competitive as it is, I don't know if I could even land a Charlie Furbush today, you know, hmm. with as many, you know, Division One and Two coaches that are out there, as, you know, scooping up a lot of these guys that that have that type of potential. Um, but we were fortunate enough to, you know, be in the right place at the right time and recruit Charlie, and he came here, and, and he was a real difference maker, and he was in a, a great uh, class of recruits, um, Kids like Brian Schools from from Gorham and Luke Enman from New Hampshire guys that really helped impact our program and and Charlie was right there in that group. He only Charlie was only here a couple of years. Um, after his freshman year, went down pitching the Cape Cod League in the summer. He went down to a tryout for the Cape League, um, and in the tryout he struck out all six batters he faced. Wow! And then he got signed to a temporary contract. Uh, and ended up sticking for the whole year in the Cape League. He went back his sophomore year, and I believe he started the All-Star game in the middle of the season. That's how well he was pitching after his sophomore year in the Cape League, which is tremendous. Um, and then uh, we got a list of about 30 Division One schools that were trying to kind of recruit him out from under us. Um, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, and, right? And then for That's his junior year, yeah, he, he yeah. ended up transferring to Louisiana State University and and playing there, and um, then got drafted by the Tigers. I think it was like in the sixth round. So, and Charlie's had a good major league career. Right now, he's trying to bounce back from uh, some shoulder issues. Um, so he's uh, he was last with the Mariners for a few years, mm-hmm. um, and now he's trying to kind of rehab and. Hopefully, take a crack at professional baseball again next year. But great kid, really difference maker for our program, um, and I think still has a real strong suggest, uh, real strong connection to St. Joseph's. So. Yeah, and and he's from this area, like grew, grew up here. So, yeah, you said yep. South Portland kid, right? Grew up right in right in South Portland. His dad, awesome. you know, coached a Legion team in there, and uh, great family, <laughs> great people. So, is um. What's your favorite baseball movie? I'm just curious because as you were talking about that, all I could think of was like, like the you know that movie The Sandlot. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love that yes, movie. I do. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know favorite baseball have, movies? I don't know if I have a favorite. I'm not really a movie guy, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe The Natural. I don't know. Something like that. Oh, that's that. a good movie, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched all those. They're they're cool. Um, okay. So we're going to – I'm wondering if we could go into um, what it means to go to the um, – Baseball, you know, the various, you know, the World Series or the baseball tournament, you know, all these things where baseball programs go, you know, towards the end of the year. Um, and I'm going to, this is going to be choppy again because there's so much to your bio of so many things that you've done and, and, and places your team has gone and placed and everything. But when you're, when you're in the NCAA tournament, um, what's that like? What, yeah, just clue in my, you know, fill in my choppiness here because, You've gone, you've, you know, you've gone to that, you know, gone to um, that a bunch of times. I don't have it. I'm scrolling through trying to, I can't put all the stats together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, we haven't been in three years, but I can tell you from my, from my memory, um, <laughs> we've done really well the last three years in our in our regular season, but we haven't mm-hmm. uh, we haven't done so well in our conference tournament. So we're hoping to, to, uh, you know bring the St. Joseph's Magic back, and we'll actually host our conference tournament this year uh, here in about a week and a half, so it's wow. coming at us soon. But when you get the NCAA tournament, it's certainly something special. Um, th- there's a couple of ways to get there. Um, the most likely way to get there is from winning your, your conference tournament. Uh, each conference gets an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. There is a process for getting an at-large bid, if you don't win your conference tournament, but there are very few of those at-large bids and they're assigned uh, nationally. So it's very, very competitive. So really the, the way for us to get there is to win our conference uh, tournament. And uh, we had done that for uh, five years in a row, which we're pretty proud of uh, before Mm -hmm. this last uh, three year drought that we're in. So we're hoping to turn that around, but it's special when you get there uh, because you know, the next step, if you can happen to win that regional, which we've never done, but if you can win that NCAA regional, then you, you know, you move on to the, to uh, Appleton, Wisconsin for the, uh, you know, the Division Three College World Series. So, um, you know, it's it's just really special because you're down to that last few teams in the nation that has that kind of an opportunity. It's great competition, um, tremendous atmosphere. Uh, very high level of play. Uh, those games are just so much fun to coach in because there's such a level of intensity there, and uh, you know every pitch matters. That's when it's it's just kind of fun for me to stand in the back of the dugout and you know see all the guys you know leaning over the railing or, or on the top step and just hanging on every pitch. That's such a fun atmosphere to coach in. Um, yeah, it, so- it sounds like a blast. Have you um, do you go to the World Series anyway? Um, maybe not as a team, but you personally do you go and watch that every year or anything like that? I don't. I'll tell you one of the coolest things that that I ever did was uh, was in uh, 2001, I believe it was, when we had a young man named Steve Osborne. He was uh, probably one of our you know all time great hitters here. He had a tremendous senior year. He hit. 22 home runs and had 79 RBIs in a, you know, 40-game season. So 
had an amazing year, and he was part of the NCAA Home Run Challenge, where they invite the top eight home run hitters in the country to go to Omaha for the you know for the College World Series and and uh, compete in a home run derby the you know the night before the the World Series starts. So that was definitely a highlight for me to to go to um, you know the Division One College World Series, see Steve compete in that home run challenge, and then uh, stay and watch some games. Um, was certainly a highlight, but again, it's a it's an amazing atmosphere. They got a new stadium now. I haven't I haven't been there, but um, college yeah. baseball is just tremendous. So yeah, no, it is. It's it's a it's a giant. It seems to me like it's a giant baseball family. It is. That's one of the things that's really nice about baseball people. I mean, we're all very very competitive, but um, people will will bend over backwards to help each other, uh, supportive of each other. Um, uh, baseball is really it is a it is a close knit family. I I can't imagine you know any other group of coaches in any sport that that you know really have a the kind of uh, kinship that baseball coaches do. I think it's part of the sport, it's part of the tradition, and it's just kind of the way that that the game has always been. So yeah, there's some, there's something completely different about it. And there's some. From the from just a, even a mom point of view, look, looking in, it's like wow, that's that's really cool. And I I really I love it when um, everybody takes care of of the youth, the younger players, and everything. You know, if they're if you, it's kind of like what you're saying, like if they're coachable. There's you know, it it just seems like there's a group that embraces the the players so much, and it it's almost seems whether you're coaching them or not. If you know them, you're watching out for them. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I was wondering if you could take a moment and talk about your season. Um, this season, um, talk about some of the teams that you play, just sort of give us maybe an overview. And I'm going to um, check time. We've got a little bit more time here. But could sure. could you do that for me and for the listeners, just talk about, you know, your team, your season that you're having, and, um, you know, what's, what's next? I, I heard you kind of say that things are sort of, I guess it's April already, isn't it, the end of April. The snow melt out there? Yeah, we've still got some snow <laughs> out behind the field where we piled it when we cleared the field. But uh, uh, that's that's the way it works here in, with uh, New England college baseball, that's for sure. No, it's been a great a great year. It's been a real fun team. I mean, we we uh, we have a pretty young group in a lot of ways, um, but that's that's kind of made it made it fun. Um, we started out in Florida and we. Uh, you know, we started out the first day. We swept a doubleheader. We played great. We didn't make an error in two games. We were off to a great start. Um, and then we had our typical ups and downs that you're going to have when you're on your spring trip trying to figure things out. So I think we ended up 5-5 five and five coming out of Florida. Uh, overall, that's a pretty good start. Um and now we've just, you know, kind of really gone on a tear up here. Um, so I think we're like 23 and eight now. Only lost three games since we've been back from Florida. Um, and uh, still, I don't think have have still played our best baseball. And I think our team's still kind of on, a, on an upward trend here. Um, We've had some really good pitching of late. We're playing pretty good defense. Our lineup is coming around. We have something that we always haven't been blessed with a lot of speed. Um, 
But this year we've got tremendous speed at the top of our lineup. Um, young man named Jared Gagne has really come into his own. He plays uh, the outfield for us. He's got right around 20 stolen bases. And then, and then our, our two-hitter right behind wow. him is Joe Murphy, our shortstop, and he's up over 20 stolen bases too. Um, speed. <laughs> yeah, it's really awesome. nice to have that, that speed. It's, it's exciting at the top of the lineup. Our guys can bunt, run, hit and run, do those types of things. We handle the bat pretty well. That's a f- kind of a fun brand of baseball to play. Um, and the thing I like about this team is they, they're really, really mentally focused. We spent a lot of time working on the mental game this year, very specifically. Um, and I think it's paying dividends. We've won a lot of close games. We've come from behind. Um, it's pretty men- pretty mentally tough group, so... Uh, they just, they just, you know, kind of grind things out no matter what happens, and and uh, that kind of that kind of composure is uh, pretty important in baseball. Well, and I I see some names on here of kids that I've known since they were little pipsqueaks. <laughs> so uh, number four, yep. Hunter Richardson, I've known him since he sure. was tiny. Yeah, um, yep. but I'm looking at your roster, and um, that that's that's Maine kid, but everybody on the team isn't from Maine. They're from everywhere. Yeah, um, that's changed a lot over the years. My my first, God, I'd say 15 years, the the majority of our roster, maybe 75, 80% of the kids at times were from the state of Maine. Um, and I kind of like it that way. I mean, I'm a Maine mm-hmm. born and bred kid and love Maine baseball and Maine kids. Um, however, times they are a-changing. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, we've really, I think our success has allowed us to go outside of Maine and bring in recruits from New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, you know, guys from all over, uh, or at least all over the Northeast. Um, and so we've tried to take advantage of that. Um, so we're, we're just looking for good ball players wherever we can find them. Um, and we, you know, we work hard to try to attract the right, the right guys. We look yeah. for really good students. So, oh yeah, that, that there's that student athlete again. Now there's another. Do you mind if I talk about certain players that I no. know, or does that matter, no. or should I be quiet? No. Well, there's another one of our one of our favorite pitchers is uh, plays for you, Luke Quenda. Yes. Yep. Luke's an amazing young man. Um, oh. He's really developed um, as a as a pitcher here. Um, probably the hardest worker in the program. Don't you think? Um, yeah. <laughs> He's a great kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really gets after it. He really buys into everything that that Coach Lincoln does with our pitching staff, um, and works his tail off. And I had a good conversation with him the other day because uh, he started a ball game for us, and I had a pretty quick uh, hook with him at at one point, you know, relatively early on in the game. But he's He's got this nice, steady trend of his improvement, and it's due to his work ethic. So, um, and he's a sophomore now. And um, is he really? Think, wow, that yeah, went fast. Yeah, I think the best is in front of him, though, because I, uh, you know, he just he continues to get better because he works so hard, and his velocity's improved, his location's improved, his breaking ball's getting sharper, um, and he's just, you know not very far away from being a top, top guy. Um, yeah. And he's got the work ethic to get there. So. Yeah, yeah. I 
I've, we watched him play a lot of baseball around here, and he's he's a really good kid. So that's that's great to hear. I bet we could go through the entire roster one by one and end this show tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I could brag about them all all day long. They're, they're great young men to work with. So yeah, no, they're a bunch of neat kids. So this is you know just a talk about a few that are you know from here and so forth that you know they're just their names are ringing bells to me so that's why i did that but but everybody's amazing on the team i'm i'm sure and we probably don't have time to go through everybody um okay so we're running out of time but what i want to ask you did i is there anything like i haven't talked about that you were like okay let's talk about this you know is there a direction that the show could go in that you want to talk about something um else that i completely missed Uh, i've missed a lot of things well, I'll tell you one thing that maybe we could we could flush out a little bit more is is what we've done this year uh, with the mental aspect aspect of baseball. Oh, good. Yeah, please. Is, I think this is something that you know in in, in my coaching uh, over the years that I haven't done a very good job of uh, because if you ask any group of baseball people, I did this 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 uh, fall with our team. I said. Guys, tell me how much you think this game is is about the mind, about mental stuff. What percentage of the game do you think is about your mind and about the mental aspect of the game? And, you know, baseball guys will tell you, oh, it's it's 70% mental, it's 80% mental, it's 90% mental, yet it's probably the least coached aspect I know of what I've done. Yeah. Um, so this year we decided we're really going to focus in on this. We were really motivated. Uh, Coach Lincoln and I were down in, in, in Texas at a place called the Texas Baseball Ranch. Um, uh, great pitching guru down there named Ron Wolforth. Uh, we kind of have adopted a lot of his philosophies about pitching. And he brought in Brian Kane, um, who uh, is you know nationally and internationally renowned speaker and, and uh you know, sports performance coach. Um, and we kind of really connected with him and kind of bought into his process and and uh, spent a ton of time working on it this year. One of the things that that we did uh, with Brian Kane is called a, it's called Five to Thrive. It's a five-week program where our guys uh, would watch a five-minute video five days a week for five weeks. All about the mental aspect of the game, mental training, imagery, shadowing, all stuff designed to build mental toughness, breathing, self-talk, all, all these, you know, kind of cue words that you've heard. But mm-hmm. we really studied that over five weeks. Um, the guys were put together with what what is called their accountability partners, so guys that they would watch the videos with and then fill out the workbook, and then we had weekly meetings on this stuff and different videos that we watched. Um, and I found that what I think is a pretty good way to incorporate that into our daily activities. So every day, the first 15 minutes of either practice or even before we start a game is all mental game stuff. Yeah. We start off with breathing. We do positive imagery. We do confident self-talk. We, we, we shadow. We have our our high five zone. It's it's really something that um, our, our young men have really bought into. They see guys doing it at the big league level. That helps. Um, 
and I think it's making a big difference for us. I think our, you know, our, our confidence is up. Guys know how to handle failure. They know how to red light a certain situation when it's not going well and, and, and refocus. Um, it's been a lot of fun to, to work with, and I think I'm hoping that it, it pays dividends in kind of you know crunch time in the playoffs here. Brilliant. Yeah, that, that's that's you're the first coach I've had on who's talked about an actual program for it. I was hoping someone would come on and talk about that and and their use of it in a in a setting. So that's awesome. That's that's amazing. Yeah. How much of the game do you think is mental? Uh, I think at, at this level, I don't know. It's kind of hard to quantify, but I I though, isn't it? I'd say seventy-five or eighty percent. You know, yeah. when you're because there's so much failure in the game, there's so much kind of dead yeah. time and downtime in our game, and your mind can either be a tremendous asset, <laughs> or you yeah. can you can uh, screw yourself up uh, pretty easy if, if you don't know how to focus and, and stay positive. So, uh, and then you, it's it's not just it's not bringing in a guru to talk about it. It's not. Uh, hearing a yeah. speech on it for five minutes, it's about having a strategy to deal with it, and we've we do it every day. You know, it's yeah, kind like of crazy. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll get to a an away game. We'll go down, you know, Wednesday to play UMass Boston, and the first thing our guys will do is we'll go out to left field, and they'll all lay down on their backs, and I'll <laughs> take them through some team breathing. And people look at us yep. and think we're crazy. <laughs> you know, if yeah. I'm out there standing in the outfield, and, and I'm I'm Saying, okay, inhale, one, two, three, you know, hold, one, two, exhale, you know, uh, yep. to really, you know, we begin the day with some good mental game techniques. And um, I think it's paying off. Our guys seem to seem to enjoy it, and I can see them using this stuff in games. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I, I raised that, actually. I think it's me personally because I, I – co- I, coach this you know sometimes the mental part of things whether it's executives and so forth and sometimes it depends on the situation and so forth but like i've trained a certain someone that's about 90 (laughs) percent you know kind of thing and and like how you deal with a loss or how you deal with a teammate who's you know having a rough time or whatever there's so many different things what i love about what you're doing is that's just not about baseball that's lifelong that whole thing will suit them beautifully their whole entire life like right. i wish we would do that with middle schoolers yep yep i i wish that was part of a curriculum in school to teach you to to breathe to step back to pause to think positively you know, all those different things that help people be their best are so cool so right. that's neat that to hear that thank you for i'm glad i asked that question because i had i had no idea if we were done or not and we weren't <laughs> so that's great to hear that um, that's awesome. And um, can you repeat the names too? Because it, you know somebody listening might want to connect with them or or connect. With, do you mind if people ask you? People no, not at you? all. Um, not at all. But they, you can also go to briancain dot com. Okay. C A I N. Um, done a lot of work with the you know Division One programs in sure. all different sports, uh, professional players. Uh, guys like Evan Longoria and uh, yeah. a whole slew of, uh, of you know big league players. So he's also done some uh, a lot of uh, mixed martial arts guys. Interestingly enough, uh, <laughs> so uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun just to try to figure out how to 
you know, get our guys to buy into it. Because anytime you try something new and different, I mean, young people are pretty receptive to that stuff sometimes, but we're all human beings. And so sometimes we don't like to try things that are different or uncomfortable at first. Um, yeah. But our guys have been willing to do that. And I think they, they, they love it and they're seeing the benefits. And I think they can see the, the transfer to the rest of their lives too. So. It's like taking a baseball team to a yoga class. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but then you see somebody doing, like you see, you hear a pitcher like, yep, yoga's my thing. You know, a big league right. pitcher, yoga's my thing, and all of a sudden everybody's in yoga class. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. But, yeah, it's interesting how that works. But um, That's one of the ways we got them to buy in is we showed them some video of big leaguers, Yeah. you know, using these techniques. So, uh, yeah, that's really cool. That's great to that's, hear. It's been fun. What did you say? Sorry. No, it's just been fun to uh, to do it. So. Yeah. No, I I hear you. At, at any age, I think that stuff is so cool. It, it's like that lifelong <clears throat> learning thing. So that's exciting to hear. So, all right, we're running out of time. Um, but I want to. Is there anything else that I missed? Because that was that was a great lesson. No, no, I. Uh, all right. You know, I think I think we're good on my end. Uh, all right, cool. Happy to, happy um, to spend the time with you. Oh gosh, thank you so much for being here. What a what an honor, and um, you know us, so we've got nothing but respect for Coach Sanborn, so and the team, and thank and you. young Coach Sanborn, <laughs> and uh, just all the assistance that you have, and and it's fun to to watch. We were opening up the newspaper. We were gone this weekend in in New Jersey all weekend. We opened up the newspaper to see how how everybody did, and it, it's just great to see. So much continued success in in everything you do, and to the team, and to everybody, and. Um, it's been just a, a joy to have you on here, and um, appreciate you you teaching us things while you while you're here too, because it's it's cool to have a coach come on and coach us. Thank moments. you. Good luck to you with everything <laughs> you're involved. Priceless moments. In. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, so to everybody listening, thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show, and thanks to Coach Sanborn for being here. For being here, he's the head baseball coach of St. Joseph. Co- St. Joseph's College in Maine. Um, to visit his website, you can go to gomonks.com and click baseball. Got a link to uh, the website on the show here. And um, we'll just follow them through the rest of their season. Go Monks, right? Yay. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have a cheer button or anything that's going to play a video or audio on that, but um, it's it's great to see um, St. Joseph's doing so well and Coach Sanborn doing so well. So, Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We will be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time with Philip Andrew. We're going to learn some more. Um, That is not a baseball coach. He's more of an actor and um, sort of a humanitarian self-help guru. And so he'll be here at 1 p.m. tomorrow for just about the same thing, about a full hour. So, All right, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And thanks to Coach Sanborn again. Thank you, Coach Sanborn. Thanks, Elizabeth. Um, Go, Monk. (laughs) Thank you. All right, take care, everybody. Have a great day, and thank you so much for listening to Best Ever You. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.